Welcome to Because and Effect, a podcast from the Winnipeg Foundation, where we talk to people about the causes they care about and the effect that it has on their lives. My name is Nolan Bicknell. Andrew Cousy is helping to make dreams come true. Now that does sound hyperbolic until you learn he works for the Dream Factory, an organization that literally grants wishes to Manitoba kids battling life-threatening illnesses. Formerly known as the Rainbow Society, the Dream Factory has been impacting Manitoba children by making dreams come true since 1983. You have that kind of knowledge that you were responsible for helping give that family moments and memories and an experience that they'll be able to carry forever. It is it is priceless. It sounds cliche, but it, it absolutely is. I sat down with Andrew Cousy to talk about the Dream Factory and their mission, the state of the philanthropic sector post-COVID-19, and the tremendous connections and stories that are created and told through his work. Andrew Cousy, welcome to the Because and Effect podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to uh, uh, be here. Well, it's, I've known you for a while now. I think we probably met at some Manitoba social some years ago <laughs> or whatever, but uh, yeah. you work for the Dream Factory as their, let me just make sure I get your title right, development, man- development manager yeah. at the Dream Factory. Um, I love the Dream Factory. I love the model. I love what you guys are doing. But for, for any of our listeners who haven't heard of the Dream Factory, maybe just give me a rundown of what your, what your mantra, mantra is and what you guys do. Sure. Yeah, really simply, uh, the Dream Factory makes dreams come true for kids in Manitoba who are battling life-threatening illnesses. So the organization's been around since 1983. If anyone is familiar with the Rainbow Society, that is uh, the Dream Factory's former name, and we rebranded in 2011. And it's really simple. We meet with, we meet with kids in, in the province who are fighting some really tough battles. We ask them what their biggest dream is and then it's up to us to try and make it happen so we do quite a few things to support families outside of that big dream experience but that's the the nuts and bolts of it it's an incredible i mean i love kids i love just you know you must see so many smiles and just so many moments that break your heart and and you know fill your heart and make your heart you know soar in the in the clouds but like um I'm guessing a lot of the dreams require maybe like trips to Disneyland or trips to <laughs> trips anywhere, trips somewhere else other out of Manitoba. But obviously that would have been sort of turned on its head in the last 18 months or so. So how have you guys pivoted and how have the dreams requests changed when people can't leave the province and, and how have you guys responded to that? Yeah, certainly. So travel is always um, a popular option for our dream kids. Disney is of course, as you can imagine, uh, popular, but we have kids who want to go all over the place. We have lots of, we have uh, one uh, little girl named Carmen who is dreaming of uh, going to Japan to, cause she's a sushi aficionado. So that's why she wanted to get over there. Uh, a few years ago, we had someone uh, who wanted to go to the Bahamas to swim with wild pigs. So there's always like a rationale of some kind behind what the trip is. Um, but yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't been possible over the last, um, year or so. And what we've done is try to shift as many of those dreams come true as possible to experiences that could be done safely here at home. 
So what that's looked like for us is a lot of space transformations. We've done backyard bedroom makeovers. We have someone who wants to, uh, I think the the kids twisting their parents' arm to turn the basement into a movie theater. Um, Lots of outdoor experiences, outdoor um, above ground pools, campers, camping experiences. Uh, Last month we had Dream Kid Dean who wanted to meet Sidney Crosby. So we actually got uh, Sydney on a virtual uh, call and he took took Dean virtually through the through practice oh, and through wow. kind of behind the scenes and spent a good half hour, 45 minutes with him and uh, answered all his questions. And so we've been able to do some cool things. Mm-hmm. One kid wanted a new puppy. That's <laughs> Which, I mean, what a dream. Yeah. Yeah. So it really, it really does come down to the the child and what they're what they're dreaming of. And we've been fortunate to be able to still make a lot of those dreams come true and, and do it in a way that is safe for the kids here. Beautiful. Well, it sounds like a dream job, if I'm honest. Like, how did you get involved? How long have you been with the Dream Factory, and why did you want to get into this work? Yeah, I'm coming up on four years with the Dream Factory, and and it is. It's it's a uh, it's, it's a dream job. It's to be able to work so closely with the families is one thing. And it's remarkable to get to meet these kids and learn their stories and, and see them have their dream come true and, and often stay involved with the organization long after. One of our board members is a, is a dream kid. Mm. And he went on his dream, you know, in the 80s. <laughs> um, so it's cool to kind of have that that legacy and get to work so closely with the families. What I like is is um, being able to go out into the community and and meet with folks who want to get involved and want to make a difference and be able to really connect them to that. It's one thing for me to get to have that experience as like the employee and that's cool, but it's cooler when you can bring someone in who doesn't know a lot about charities or fundraising or and they just want to try and then you connect them to this whole world and and they see that they've been able to make literally a kid's dream come true that's oh, a cool, cool. feeling yeah, to know abs- you helped someone do that absolutely bringing more people into the tent and kind of you know everybody on the same team i mean what's what's really cool about certain organizations is when you can see if you if if someone sort of participates in the organization or has a dream come true. And then they, as they get older, they want to become a part and give back, you know, that's such a cool cycle to see. How do you feel when you see, you know, a kid even four years ago, and then they want to stay, stay involved and, and help and, and the families want to give back and the families want to, you know, be a part of the the cause and be a part of this big machine that, that you guys have kind of got going. It's, it's the coolest part. I mean, that's, that's philanthropy at its core, right? Last week we, uh, actually heard from Maynard, who is one of our dream kids. A few years ago, he, he and his family went to the Philippines for his dream come true. I believe Maynard just turned seven and for his seventh birthday, um, I think they did like a drive-by parade kind of thing, but he wanted to collect donations for the Dream Factory and he raised like a thousand bucks. It's incredible. Awesome. And and he knows that he is helping make an experience that was so cool for him happen for, for 
for another kid who's who's in the midst of a tough fight and that's that I think for anyone is is a reminder of what philanthropy and giving back is all about absolutely I mean the highs must be so high for you but are the is it ever difficult to sort of see kids that are in these situations and like does that also take a toll on on your mental health or anything or how does how does that work yeah absolutely it's it's difficult I think I think for the most part we're really lucky at the dream factory there are so many there are so many incredible um stops on a child's Mm -hmm. medical journey that provide such support whether it's cancer care or the children's hospital and they they do so much of that really difficult work and are such an amazing part of that kind of medical journey. By the time families reach us, they're kind of ready for some fun. They're ready for some positivity and and just to like have a good fun experience. So Mm -hmm. we're lucky in the sense that that's often what we get from, from the families in terms of what they want from the experience. But certainly we, we lose dream kids every year and that's absolutely you know it's heartbreaking when these are families that you've gotten to know really well and these are kids that you've become familiar with and spent time with and that's the most absolutely the most difficult part of the gig but mm-hmm. you you have that kind of knowledge that you were responsible for helping give that family moments and memories and an experience that they'll be able to carry forever. Yeah. That's... You know, and that's, it is, it is priceless. It sounds cliche, but mm. it, it absolutely is. For sure. That's beautiful. Definitely. What, when you reflect on your four years, what, what are some of the stories that really stand out that you were especially fond of or proud of, or, or really memorable dreams that you've, you've seen come true? There's a few, there's a few. Um, <laughs> we, I think that one of the stories that kind of sums up what it's like to work at the Dream Factory and be a part of that experience. We had a, a young lady named Emily um, come through, I believe she was 16 at the time. Her dream was to meet Billie Eilish, which it's a big one. This is a, this is a couple of years ago. I think it was 2019. So Billie Eilish is kind of just on the up. And I remember so distinctly, like they had the meeting, Emily left and her family left. And then Shannon, who is our dream coordinator, kind of comes around and says, does anybody know Billie Eilish? <laughs> We're all like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Does anyone you gotta know? T- you got to take your knows? shot, right? You got to take a shot. hundred <laughs> percent. Does anyone know anyone who knows Billie Eilish? No. So we kind of then have to start this dialogue of like, how do we, how do we do this? Like, how do we get to her? Who do we call? Can we just call her directly? Is there an email address? Like working through that process is a lot of kind of the problem solving that you might expect from an organization like ours. What ended up happening is we reached out to our friends at Virgin Radio, who are just incredible um, leaders in our community. And they were like, well, no, we, uh, we're radio. like, we don't know her either. <laughs> but uh, Amber over there said, 
give me the afternoon. I'll see what I can do. And sure enough, like three hours later, calls back and it's like, okay, we, we got Billy. Um, they need to be in Las Vegas on these days. And she's, <laughs> we've set up a meet and greet and Ace is going to go with them. And next thing you know, Ace Burpee is hosting one of our dream families in Las Vegas with Billy Eilish. And that's how a dream comes true. <laughs> wow. What a star. I mean, Ace is such a legend. I've, I've, t- I've had him on the podcast actually, and just such a sweetheart and real, the real deal, you know, like a lot One of, of times, yeah, a lot of times people are sort of a, a figurehead or, you know, they do a lot of events and, they, and then they just kind of go home. And, but he is the real deal. Like everything he supports, he believes in it and is with his full heart. So he's such a sweetheart. Yeah. And just time and again has gone above and beyond for us. And it's, it's incredible. Well, how that speaks to the the, uh, the the interconnectedness of Manitoba. Do you think working here is especially um, special for that reason? Because you can kind of make these connections, and you sort of know the people, and the people know you, and you kind of everybody knows everybody, and and everyone's kind of on the same team and paddling the boat in the same direction. Do you feel like that yeah. that's sort of a special privilege with Manitoba? Yeah. So I. I started my fundraising career in Manitoba and I worked here for about a year and then I moved out to Vancouver and I was fundraising there for a couple of years. And I just like, I have to say it's, it's more fun here because it's, it's not that it's easier to get things done, but in a way it's kind of easier to, to get things done, you know, or at least it feels more possible in that you can you can make a few calls you can ask for help and you know that people will be receptive to trying to make something happen you know well i think it speaks i wouldn't have been able to get to billy eilish in vancouver i know that right yeah i was just gonna say it speaks to that conversation that starts like you just go around the table first okay does this (laughs) circle know billy eilish okay no let does does any of your partners or spouses know billy eilish okay no okay then we got to go a little bit further right yeah that's cool yeah so are you plant is Manitoba going to be your your planting roots here in Dream Factory is your is your plan or or where do you see yourself where do you see yourself in the next 5 to 10 years Andrew? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great question. I don't know. Um certainly I think Manitoba is where I want to be as long as I'm doing this work. It mm-hmm. is it is the charitable community here is is incredible. It's one of I think it's there's so many really talented people doing really cool things and it's, it's certainly where I want to be. And I, I think it's possible here to, to make something really special happen. And, and I think that's harder to achieve in other places. Well, you are, and you have making special things happen pretty much on the daily. Absolutely. Do you, I, I'm curious about your opinion of how the sector is going to bounce back. You know, we can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel now. We can we have this sort of cautious reopening plan that was just announced. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how do you think the philanthropic sector in general and the fundraising sector is going to be affected first of all by COVID and how do you think we're going to bounce back afterwards? Yeah. I think I think there will be a big of course an emphasis on events and trying to get all of these events back to what they were doing. 
um, I think immediately that's what you're gonna see is everyone's just gonna try and get their events back to what they were doing prior to the pandemic. My hope in the long term for the sector is that the last you know 18 months have given us or taught us to be less dependent on those events. So while immediately I think it's gonna be all about growth and I'm hoping long-term that organizations are gonna take time to kind of build out a, an even stronger foundation than they might have now. And whether that's through their annual giving programs or building up their monthly donor base or celebrating you know, donors who give at a certain level or implement pledges, any of those things, I'm hoping that we see more time spent there and maybe we shift, we come back to a little bit of balance from what is a really event heavy sector here in, in the province. One of the coolest things about, not cool, obviously it's a bittersweet thing, but you know, all of the adaptation and the evolution that I've seen in the sector in the last 18 months and how people have had to change their models up. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your the virtual auction that you guys had or are having. Maybe just tell us a little bit about what that used to be and then how you guys have changed it for COVID times. Yeah, so the Dreammaker auction is um, our biggest fundraising event of the year. And I think it's one of the biggest fundraising events in the in the city, we usually welcome about a, a thousand people to the convention center. Um, and the event in the past has raised, you know, upwards of $600,000 um, to make dreams come true, which is, it's it's huge, it's huge. And for, for such a small team um, at the Dream Factory, it's something that we're really proud of. We shifted that event virtually and we held a, a virtual live auction, which was as crazy as you would think it would be, but but it was a lot of fun and to see those kind of virtual bids come in in real time and watch people try and outbid each other. And there's some you know trash talking in the chat, and <laughs> it I think it captured as closely as you could that feeling of being in an auction room without actually you know, being right. together. But there's also, I think the, the fundraising side is one piece, but I think the, on the programming side, you're gonna see a lot change in how charities operate and meet their mandates as well. We've, I think we've learned a lot about how we, we deal with our, how we work with our families and, and kind of the services we can provide. We hosted a bunch of, I think in 2020, we hosted 25 virtual parties wow. for our dream kids. So we had, you know, Spider-Man come or Josh Morrissey come or, you know, a local musician. Like we had this rotating cast of local celebrities and or superheroes. <laughs> and we found that we were actually seeing our kids and our families more during that time than we would in a normal period. Right. You know, we we started a program where we bought our families um, dinner on a Friday night so they could just enjoy a meal together stress-free. That's Beautiful. something we'll carry through after this. So we learned a few things along the way and we've had to kind of build 
a few new skills. For I think sure. our, our dream coordinator normally is booking a lot of travel and accommodations, but now she's full-blown interior designer leading <laughs> construction projects, like figuring out how pools need to be like placed. It's, it's a whole different set of expectations skills, skills and, that yeah. you're tapping into wow so it's been it's been cool on the on the program side too to see how that changes that's awesome so talk about the family focused fundraising campaign and how you were trying to stay connected with families moving forward after the dream might be realized and then how the, how do they want to stay connected to the organization yeah well this is kind of on the other side of the coin to our auction. Um, the auction's a big event where there's lots of companies and corporate sponsors and all of that. And what we hear a lot is from our families or from families in Manitoba saying, you know, we'd love to get involved, but we can't at this level or that level. So what can we do? So we're coming up and we'll be announcing in a few weeks uh, a campaign that's going to run throughout the month of August that is really focused on families kind of reconnecting, spending some time together, having a little bit of fun, but also raising funds to, to help us make dreams come true. So it's something to watch out for. Awesome. And, and I think it'll be an opportune time to kind of rally your family unit or your friend group or whoever and say, hey, let's do this thing together. Uh, it'll be fun and we can raise a, raise a few bucks for a good cause. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what are you most looking forward to in the next year or so when it comes to the Dream Factories programs and things that are coming up? What, what do you got on your calendar that's like, oh, can't wait for that? I think for us, it'll be a big milestone when, um, well, back up. So in, in March... I would say it was probably March 3rd. It was right before everything kind of went crazy. Uh, we had a dream party. So we always have parties for our dream kids before they're set to go on their trips and we'll get everyone together. We rented out the park theater. We had kind of a pizza and princess party movie night type thing. And we had, I wanna say like 11 or 12 families set to go to Disney that weekend wow and we had to two days later is when things kind of shut down so we had to cancel all 13 of those trips which is one of the hardest things no kidding as an organization we've had to do some of those families made the decision that they're going to wait um wait this out because you know they were so close to disney that that's they want to see that through um, so I think for us, when we, when those families go on their trip, we'll know that we're, we're kind of back in the swing and, um, we can start dreaming really big again about what's, what's possible and where in the world we can, you know, send our kids off. Yeah, to. no kidding. Well, it's pretty cool that you, I mean, you've created, this very special community and, and the bonds I'm sure that are made between the kids and you guys and the organization and the kids within themselves who are, you know, there's 11 families. So there's 11 kids that are probably 
going through similar experiences and become friends and stuff. So like, how do you feel when you're see, when you're seeing these connections being made and, and watching all these new communities sort of rise up over, over a similar uh, goal and a similar situation that they're in? Yeah, it's, it's meaningful for sure. And like I said, a lot of our families have connected through some of the other steps in the process. So by the time they get to us, they, they know each other and, and that's, that's kind of a neat thing to see too. And they'll share um, stories or feedback or, you know, when you get to give kids the world, which is the resort, um, you have to do these things. And there's, there is that kind of back and forth with their families. Um, And they, they support each other as well. And, and they stay connected and, that's, it does feel like you're part of something. The thing for me, like personally, that I think is really rewarding is when, you know, someone from one of our donors, someone from our community who's worked really hard, uh, like like I mentioned earlier, becomes part of that. So we have a donor named uh, Dave Beakley who hosts a deadlifting competition for us every year, which is- a story in and of itself but he's become so connected to some of our families that they'll send him a birthday card and Mm -hmm. he'll drop something off for for Maya who is the dream kid he supported he'll drop something off for her birthday and they communicate kind of independently of the dream factory now and they have this connection that I think will last a really long time so to to create something like that is what this is all about from a fundraising standpoint. There's nothing more beautiful for sure. Like there's nothing more, what could you, what more could you ask for when, when you're in your role? That's, that's so great. I think, I think that's the job, right? Right. Awesome. Lovely. Well, before we get to the, uh, just because segment, is there, um, what, so people can go to the dreamfactory.ca, but how can, if someone wants to get involved either as a donor or, or anyway with the dream factory, what's the best way to go about that? Yeah, there's, there's a couple ways. Um, obviously, if you'd like to make a donation and help make a dream come true, it's just the dreamfactory.ca slash donate. But if you have a thought, an idea, kind of something you've been sitting on and wanting to do, but you weren't sure how, please just email me directly. And I'd love to chat with you about that. And we can grab a coffee or have a zoom or whatever um, is comfortable. And we'll, we'll figure out if we can make that possible and help you uh, get involved with making dreams come true. And I'm just at Andrew at the dreamfactory.ca. Beautiful. Lovely. Well, at the end of our time together, we do a segment called just because it's the same seven questions that I ask of all my guests. Are you okay to go through that with me? Sure. Sure. Question one is what is the very first cause you ever remember caring about? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, when I was like, I don't know, 10, I, I, I remember very distinctly this birthday party. I, me and all my friends went to Dark Zone. Do you remember Dark Zone? Oh, I love Dark Zone. <laughs> the best. We went, for some, we went for some laser tag. But instead of, um, and this kind of just jogged this memory, instead of, asking for gifts, I asked for donations to the Children's Wish Foundation. So it is a weird kind of 
full circle thing that I'm doing this now at the Dream Factory because clearly in some way at age nine or 10 or whatever, that was important to me then. Um, so yeah, I, that's one of the that's first awesome. things I could remember. Well, you can really tell you're built for it. You're just such a sweet guy and like, yeah, it's a perfect fit from where I'm sitting anyways, but that's just proof as the 10 year old you would uh, attest to <laughs> hey. for sure. Uh, question two, if money and politics and logistics were no issue at all, and you could just snap your fingers and something would happen, what would you do in support of the dream factory? Like what's that big sort of like white, great white whale that you, that you want to uh, achieve? Yeah, I think there's the the standard line that we would always say is um, that our biggest dream is for the there for to be no need for the Dream Factory, mm. no more sick kids would be ideal. Unfortunately, I don't know that that's something that money or logistics can solve in the short term. Right. I think we would love to see um, just more to be able to do more for the families outside of the dream itself, you know? And that's something where we continue to build throughout the years, but the support we provide is such a small piece of what is like an incredibly, I can't imagine or express how difficult that experience is, whether it's a year or two years or three years or forever. Mm -hmm. You know, if we could provide support that makes even a little bit more of that easier, that would be yeah. the ultimate goal. That's a great answer. I think too, I I would assume that in getting to know a lot of these families, you kind of also get to know a lot of the resources that they either need or have already accessed. And then you can help the next family be like, Oh, I have, I actually know, you know, this group here that can help you with that or whatever. So there's probably so many moving parts and so many different aspects of, of, you know, even just the healthcare system and, and different philanthropic yeah. endeavors that you're probably now aware of that you weren't before. Right. Well, and you think about something like a child's siblings, we, we make it a point to include siblings and all of our activities and in the dream and all of those things. But there's certainly a specific experience that a child's sibling goes through um, when, when their sibling becomes, you know, very right. ill. So that's another area. It would be nice to be able to do a little bit more there as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you that's know? a great example for sure. Awesome. Uh, question three, what's the biggest misunderstanding or stigma about your cause? I think the biggest misconception is that we simply just kind of fly kids to Disney. And I just, I always try to make clear that there is just such a depth to what these dreams are. They're thoughtful, they're specific, they are personal. We had a few years ago, Dream Kid Lily. One common dream is to swim with dolphins, but Lily wanted to meet a dolphin. She wanted to meet the star of the movie, Dolphin Tale and Dolphin Tale 2. She wanted to meet that dolphin, their hope in winter. So again, we're all kind of scratching our heads. So you go around the table, to... does anyone know hope? Does anyone know winter? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So 
as it turned like one day Lily and her mom are kind of at, at home and she gets a FaceTime call and opens it and it's uh, the dolphin and we had managed to like link them up so Lily was shocked and I I always like to say I think it was the first human to dolphin <laughs> FaceTime vibe but we ended up sending Lily and her family down to Florida where she got to spend a day with the dolphins and the trainer and learn what it's all about and yeah. it's just so specific yeah. and who would have thought of that you know but the more specific um, so I, I would imagine is the, the more like she's just you know glee from inside out because that's the one right like it's so specific but yeah. in those specific moments you can tell that's how extra special it's going to be yeah, and that's what I think is fun for us too. For for sure, awesome. Uh, question four: What's what? Is, I changed this from last season because the the question used to be, um, "What's a time in your life where you had to pivot because Plan A wasn't working out, so you had oh. to go to Plan B?" And literally <laughs> yeah. every answer for the last eighteen months has been, "Well, you know, when COVID hit, we had to really pivot." Yeah, so, no one wants to talk about it. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's this, it's very similar, same answers. So we wanted to. You're the very first person that's getting asked this question. What is a recent victory, either personally or professionally, that you're, that you're especially proud of? Um, professionally, I think I'm really proud anytime we can do something kind of public that effectively captures the spirit of the Dream Factory. I think it's easy to talk about and, um, you know, put social media stuff out there but it's it's a lot harder to capture the energy of it and we did this promotional campaign fundraising campaign in April where we had uh, a few dream kids take over the Ace Burpee show so so each they broke the show up and each kid had their own hour and we did up the ads and everything so it would say you're now listening to the Drea show and Drea would hop on there and chat with the team about her favorite wrestlers. And, and Jax was on there talking about what he learned on his dream trip about when he went to ninja training about, you know, like, (laughs) and what his favorite foods on his trip were. So it was cool to give those kids a platform, give them an experience that, I don't think they would have had otherwise and that they and their families will remember. But also it was a really easy access point, I think for people to not only become familiar with the name and the logo and all that stuff, which is important, but the like feeling of it, you know? And that's that's to me what that was all about is, oh, these guys are are fun and they're doing things a bit differently and they really are thoughtful with how they engage with the kids they work with and and about creating experiences for them and yeah and it puts it's a cool and they all have yeah. careers in radio now <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's so so good i love it um yeah great answer question five what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given um that's a good question i when i started at the dream factory i was very lucky to be able to spend some time working with the wonderful Mary Beth Taylor, who oh, yes. I know is now Shout out to the, MBT. <laughs> now at the foundation. And I think for anyone who is in a new 
in a new career or maybe in, in the first kind of chapter of their career and trying to figure things out and try new things and get some experiences under their belt. She would always tell me that um, whether it's about a project or a campaign or your career as a whole, it's, it's a marathon and you can't gas yourself out in mile one. And I think about that all the time because I, I do think there's this pressure, particularly in the nonprofit charitable world where things move so fast and the need is so high and you know fundraising, you work so hard for a year and then it kind of resets. Like it's easy to get caught up in all of that. So I always remind myself not to, not to make myself sick or gas out at, right. at mile one. Great advice from a very wise woman, for sure. Lovely. <laughs> the best. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll uh, let her know she has to tune into to the to yeah, this episode to hear. Yeah, that's great. Hi, Mary Beth. <laughs> <laughs> so, question six: What advice would you give your ten year old self if you could go back to the uh, dark zone and 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 talk to that that little little person? Yeah, I don't. I don't know career wise if I would give advice I think I think as a as a gay person during pride month I think that this is a really I think tough question for for folks who might identify as part of the queer community and I think about me at 10 years old and the advice would just I think be to be a little bit kinder to yourself to not put so much pressure on yourself and maybe it's less advice but just a a little bit of insight that you'll be able to have a life where you're really fulfilled and you have a cool job and you get to meet some really amazing people and you'll have the confidence to like go out and meet new people every day and and be comfortable with that and that won't and just by kind of being yourself beautiful answer. you know yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, last question, Andrew, thank you. This has been a wonderful conversation. I'm so glad that we could have you as the season finale on the podcast. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I don't, I'm not sure if, well, shout out to Chris Thorne because he emailed me. He's like, you know, you should have on the podcast. And I was like, I've wanted Andrew for a long time. Yes, that's a great suggestion. <laughs> so shout out to Chris for, for suggesting it, but uh, it's great to have you. The last question is typically the hardest one, but what do you want to be remembered for? You know, I don't know yet. I think I'm, I think I'm fortunate that I've found uh, work and uh, an organization that I'm passionate about early in my career, and I'm I'm having a really good time. And I don't, I don't think I've found or done the thing that I want to be remembered for yet. Mm -hmm. And I think it's. I think it's still to come. Well, stay tuned. Andrew Cousy. Yeah, yeah, I guess. He's on the prowl for, for <laughs> well, I mean, you're, you're doing such amazing work. I'm so like happy to know that this exists. I'm happy to know that you're doing this work because it literally f fills my heart with happiness and warmth and, and just thinking about, you know, making the dreams come true of the people who probably need it and deserve it the most. Um, Andrew Cousy, Development Manager at The Dream Factory. Thank you for talking to us today. TheDreamFactory.ca. I'll give you last word. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Yeah, I just want to say a quick thanks. Um, there are so many people over. It's been a it's been a tough 
here. And there have been so many people who have stepped up, gotten involved, offered to help, um, and who have made a really tremendous difference in our ability to keep making dreams come true during a really, really um, challenging set of circumstances. So to everyone who is part of our Dream Factory community who might be listening, who became involved in 2020, who might become involved in the future, um, thank you. It's, it's only because of you that um, dreams continue to come true and we, we couldn't uh, do any of it without you. Andrew, you're the best. Thanks again for being here. We'll, uh, we'll talk you. to you soon. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you again to Andrew for being on the show and thank you for listening. It's it's nice to be back doing these podcasts again. We have uh, some incredible guests for this upcoming season. I can't wait to share them with you. I've recorded a couple now, so you'll have to wait till next week to see. But uh, honestly, every conversation so far has just been so inspiring. So I'm really excited to share with you guys. So uh, yeah, stay tuned and thank you for listening to this one. If you want to m- hear more good news from Winnipeg's philanthropic sector, you can check out Because Radio. That's the Winnipeg Foundation's weekly radio program on 93.7 CJNU in Winnipeg. You can tune in live every Thursday at noon, or you can hear all episodes uh, that they've put out so far at becauseradio.org. All music on the show was produced and composed by Trenton Burton. Because in Effect is a podcast of the Winnipeg Foundation. You can follow the foundation at WPGFDN on social media, or visit WPGFDN.org to learn all about the Winnipeg Foundation. I'm at Nolan Becknell on all social medias. Thank you again for listening to me uh, have these conversations. I really, truly hope you enjoyed yourself and and gained something from the experience. So yes, thank you for listening. Uh, And please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. We'll see you next week. And remember, a dream is a wish your heart makes. Bye-bye.